Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? from section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, next generation Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearing center host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Josh Soroka. Um, get rid of button lover, just my brother. You can't give me credit for anything now. I just happen to be your relative, and that's why I'm over here. Yeah, I mean, something special like stuttering and then maybe a new title okay well i spent all weekend making homer hoses so you can give me a little credit with that yeah all right uh i'll introduce you as the homer hoser i got all right. i got a whole stack of them here made a bunch over the weekend to catch up on some orders so nice. make sure you're uh, getting them over at birdland sports when you're getting yeah, your t-shirts Josh, also grab Josh up the homer i mean the orioles team store you know was quick to jump on the home run chain I think they'll be less quick to jump on the Homer hose. It's a little yeah, more they can't. They, I think they will not be doing the Homer hose. I got a message this weekend. Hey, can you overnight me a Homer hose? Because you're the only place that I can get them. Yeah. Now, a little secret. It's a, it's a beer bong. There's nothing fancy with it. Right. But and, I am making. You go them to any college kid, and they'll make you one in two minutes. Yeah. Right, exactly. Exactly. It took me 43 years to make my first one. Yeah. But. Uh, but no, but they're cool, and I'm only, and they're fifteen bucks. So it's not like I'm ripping people off. I'm yeah. I'm get I'm getting the uh, orange tape, and I'm putting it all together, and making little eighteen inch ones, so you can take it to your little league games, stick it in your pocket to take to the baseball game. Yeah, no, you you sent one to Silas, and my my son and daughter have been, you know, we've been doing with water, and they and they've been doing choking on water, but they figured it out. I got mixed feelings about kids how to do this um, as they're me to pour more water down the funnel i have mixed feelings about that whole process but uh yeah but thanks for sending those down there to hit with the kids they're staying and, hydrated that's for sure yeah my kids like to stay hydrated as well um we will i will be sticking uh, a couple in our pockets to get into truest park this weekend all right so that when the orioles hit some dongs we can pull out the homer hose that sounds correct to a lot of faucet turning, a lot of sprinkler arms, and uh, some homer hoses, and the, I, the Braves. I enjoy your video of Silas as he'll turn the sprinkler on or do the faucet as he's yeah. getting a single double appropriately. Yeah, yeah he's got the celebrations your, your, your latest TikTok, he was, you were yelling at him to go to third, but he had to stop at second to do the sprinkler. Yeah. I'm a little annoyed that I... That his his videos on TikTok get more views than than me sitting there talking for five minutes. It's a little bit annoying. <laughs> I think I've been doing TikTok wrong this whole time, but whatever. Right. That's fine. Hey, Josh, your um, your thoughts on real quick before we talk about Orioles. Um, since we last talked, so there's been some Raven news. Uh, Lamar Jackson has re-signed with with the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know we drafted a wide receiver once again in the first round. How are you feeling now about your Baltimore Ravens and that Lamar's coming back? I mean, I guess we're uh, we're all in. Super Bowl or bust, right? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. I mean, it's 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 what we know. 
what we know is Lamar Jackson. We redefined and redesigned the way the Ravens play football. We've adjusted everything from the Ravens that we knew uh, with the Ray Lewis defense and defense first and defense, defense, defense to this transition where we Joe Flacco got us a Super Bowl, but it was thanks to that defense, and he got hot at the right time. We've never had a offensive-centric Raven team, and we 100% do now, and especially with it with the Lamar extension. Yep, and I mean, I just I can't say how much I love the Odell Beckham signing, even if he's not what he used to be. Even if it was a gross overpay, I love that they overpaid. I actually like that they overpaid, and maybe that's because I'm an Oreo fan. Um, and you know, I'm used to them not spending any money and I'd rather them overpay than not spend money at all. Right. And I'm used to the Ravens being so conservative financially, all about getting a good deal. And if it's not a good deal, they'll let them walk. Here, here's a time where they said, screw the good deal. We want Lamar Jackson back. We got to op- overpay for Odell to get Lamar back too. And, and we're going all it's, in try, trying to win. I, I just love it so much. I'm pumped. I'm already pumped about this Raven season. No, me too. It's, it's what we want from the Orioles where we're just saying, hey, make a, make a statement yeah. sign-in. Like, we know you have to overpay for this statement because pitchers don't want to come to Baltimore. It's the same with wide receivers don't want to come to Baltimore. You're going to have to overpay, but to make a statement and bring in a legit wide receiver is a, is a great move. I love it. I do, I do too. And to make to the Orioles, there, there was a time not too long ago, Josh, where we used to get on this podcast and said, please, please, Orioles, just be entertaining till the Ravens start playing football. Yeah. And then that can link our sports seasons and we'll be happy if you just be somewhat entertaining. Well, those times, Josh, just be entertaining seem to be long gone. Uh, the Orioles are 19 and 9. We just finished the month of April. Yeah. Best April ever. Uh, we have what the second best record, third third best record in baseball. Right. Uh, second best record in the American League. We won eight out of our last ten. Went two in a row. We're winning series after series after series after series, uh, and and no longer about you know being entertaining till the Raven football. We got ourselves a baseball team. Oh yeah, and you know what's fun down here in North Florida, and I'm sure it's the same up for you up in Georgia, is right now the Orioles have a better record than the Atlanta Braves. I don't know when the last time was that I could say that. Yeah, definitely not since I've moved down here. Yeah, and that's no knock against the Braves because the Braves are good and they're the yes. good season and they're first in their division. No, it's um, saying the Orioles are, had an amazing April. Yeah, they had well, an amazing we'll, April. We'll talk about May because it is May now and there's definitely some fear in going into May. Yeah, but it's, hey, it, to be 10 games over 500 rolling into May sounds pretty nice. Yeah, hey, listen, and I don't want to diminish what the Orioles have done because it is a great start. But at the same time, um, I think the difference here between maybe me and 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 someone else, I think the analogy is like like maybe a report card or or a test, a test. And like you studied for the test, you prepared for the test, and then you got an A on the test. Yeah. And I'm happy about the A. But also like I expected to get an A. I put in the work. Um, this is what I expected. I would be disappointed if I didn't get an A, but I'm like I'm I'm good with an A, as opposed to if I went to the test, didn't really feel prepared, but somehow just got lucky and bubbled in every right answer and ended up with an A, like I would be ecstatic that somehow I lucked into an A. Um, this for me feels very much like, you know, an early test where I expect us to do well. We're actually doing a little better than I even thought, but it's matching up with like 
I, I don't know if I expected it to be 19 and 9 at the end of April, but I expected us to be well above 500 at the end of April. So for me, this is where this is where we should be, uh, and the work's not done. We're just started. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's 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 kind of like preparing your. It, it is. It's preparation. It's it's. We took spring training and we worked on things and we proved it out for the month of April. And now it's the next phase. It's like phase one, phase two, phase three. And I think the Orioles have been, as a team, have been really good through April on just focusing on one day at a time, one game at a time. And I think you continue with that mindset going into May. And even though it's tougher competition, you're still looking at win tonight. You win tonight, try to win the series. And that attitude, that's the exact attitude you want to roll in with this. Yeah, and we get into it, but you're right, Josh. I've never seen I don't know if I ever have seen a team that's night that that plays every game like it feels kind of like a playoff game. Yeah. N- not just the players, but management. Oh, we're moving and- Vavra down, we're bringing Stowers up, we're getting Ortiz right. down, we're bringing Ortiz back up. I love it. Uh, we, like we can break down break down the moves and we'll, and we'll get into it, but they're making moves, not just like what's going to be good in the long run. They're making moves for what's going to help us this series. Right, exactly. It's it's Stowers, oh, you just hit three home runs. Come up here and bring that hot bat here. Yeah, or we're, we're pitching us a couple of righties. Right, Bringing exactly. Bring matchups. I mean, or, or bringing Stowers. We're bringing a bunch of lefties. Bringing it's Ortiz. A, it's they're, a mindset. Doing matchup here. Love it. I love it. It's, it's a mindset. You have, it's a mindset of saying, what does it take to win? And it's not just looking at your 26 guys. It's looking at the entire Orioles organization and being like, how do we get win number 20? Yeah. Now, I want to ask you about this, Josh, because on the one hand, it's cool. You're playing matchup baseball. You're using your roster. You have depth and you're using it. I'm surprised you haven't seen West period. On the other hand, one could argue that we have these highly touted prospects. Remember when we did the yo-yo with Kevin Gosman? Yeah. We're so critical. Oh, we're bringing him back down. Um, One could argue with Stops, with Vavre, Ortiz, we're playing a little bit of the yo-yo game. And if you're a young prospect, it's hard to get established when you're only here for a series and then get sent back down. Are you concerned at all about the yo-yo game happening with prospects? I am not because you don't have to make it as the yo-yo game. Because if you set the organizational mindset as if you get hot, you're getting the call, then it's not a yo-yo game. It's a, hey, I want to earn that call. It's, it's, it's a reward. It's, hey, I had a great season, a great weekend against the Jumbo Shrimp. Get me up to play the Blue Jays. Can I present the other side there? Go ahead. Or t- gets called an RBI machine. I think it's like four yeah. RBI in two games. Yes, Ortiz. Yeah. Yeah, and what happened to him? He was rewarded by right. being sent down to play in the jumbo ship again. But I think you, uh, as long as the mindset is right there, so that when Ortiz comes up, you know, hey, this is just a temporary thing. You can work with it. Okay. I think it's preparing the player, and I'd have to see with Ortiz. It's funny, I... Uh, and maybe if you're a tease, like if you have your options, would you rather wait till July and then you're here for the whole season or would you rather pop up a week here a week there uh in, in April and May you know I, I think he would like a cup of coffee in in, in the majors yeah. in April and May you if, want, he, if you know if he could pick 
you want to pop up at any opportunity because you want to prove that you can handle it in the big leagues. Yeah, you so want to get that, in front of Elias and Hyde and do against major. Absolutely. Right, and you want it so that if there's an injury, you want your name to be top of mind. As far as being traded away? Oh, no, no, no. no, as far no. As, okay. Popping yeah. up. As yeah, yeah. Popping up. Yeah. Filling in. Other teams are paying attention too, though. Yes, they are. So, and also while we're on the topic of this kind of revolving door, um, and it seems to be like there seems to be three guys involved in this: Vavra, Stowers, and Ortiz. Right, which is different than in the past. We've never had that with the offensive side. We've had it with pitching. Right, and DL Hall came up, I think, just for the double header, and then right. But that's standard. Right, to save the bullpen a little bit. Right, and he did he did a good job with that. Yeah, he, he did his job, and now he's back to work on stuff in the minors. And I think you know he he knows what he's got to do. Right. But if you look at Vavra Stowers and Ortiz, um, the thing that sticks out to me is two of these guys, Vavra and Stowers, are lefties. Vavra can play second base, also the corner outfield positions. Stowers can play the corner outfield positions. They're both left-handed. To me, the thing that just I'm just sticking this out there, it looks a little awkward, and I like him. But Adam Frazier is sitting there with an eight million dollars salary, and it seems like Vavra could do his job, or Ortiz could do his job, or Stowers could do his job. You, you wonder why we spend eight million dollars when you have these prospects who could right. do just as well. And we, this is not a news story. We talked about this in the off season, but it's coming into fruition here. That these young players, and fortunately, all everyone well, stayed healthy too. But you wonder, kind of, where does Frazier fit in when you have these other younger players making less money who are able to contribute in the same or better ways? Well, I think it comes down to you didn't know fully what you had going into the season. You well, what it took you one month to realize? Um, no, but Gunnar Henderson had an amazing April. Not Gunnar Henderson. It's on my screen. Jorge yeah, Mateo. Bad April. Jorge yeah, Jorge Mateo. Mateo. Amazing uh, April. Did any of us have that in our list? That Jorge Mateo is the guy to be hot this this, or did we have? Hey, we don't know how Mateo fits into the future. Josh, I saw a thing on MLB Network. Yeah. With Jorge, Mateo. did you see this about his swing change? No. They said, um, and they cited the Baltimore Sun as writing a story about this. But the guy, the guy said, last year in like September or something, we were we were they were we were playing against a position player, and Jorge Mateo was up, and he did a little toe tap at the plate, where instead of taking a big step to swing, he took a little toe tap, and then took a little step and swung against the position player. The first time he's ever done that, and since that moment, he's been doing that at the plate, not a big step, but a mini toe tap. And then a little step, and and they credited that kind of adjustment that he made first against a position player, to now his new swing. And part of the reason why he's been so effective is he's got. And they showed it like a replay of the 2022 swing uh, up against the 2023 swing, and it's, it's different. He does a little toe tap and a, a smaller step, and not the big step. Um, and he seems to be more kind of balanced with the swing. And yeah, and but, you wonder. I mean, we're still wondering: is this really Jorge Mateo? I feel on. like. A little bit like last couple of years ago with Cedric Mullins, yeah. But the, but the toe tap against a position player is why Jorge Mateo is now who he is. But that doesn't make any sense because 
a toe tap, you're supposed to have less power. Because part of that big step is supposed to be, be get your body moving and more power. But the toe tap happens before the pitch is there. Okay. The mini toe tap, so it's kind of like it. how you know batters do something with the bat while so the pitch saying, is kind of winding up. You're saying he taps, pre, then he steps. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, right. it's a pre-pitch toe tap. All right. Does the pre-pitch, pre-tip, pre-pitch toe tap, toe tap. pre-pitch yeah. toe tap? Yeah. How does that stop him from swinging at crap? Because he's getting, he's got more walks, less strikeouts this year. Yeah, it's I think it makes him, him more patient because, and then, the, and then there's, and then he, he's like toe brings it's a smaller step. Last year he was just taking one bit, and then I think it was and now he's able to a little more and, and make better decisions. But you're right, Josh. Every state of the game, offensively, Hormateo has been better. Um, he's been better patiently get, get, getting on base. He's been better at hard hit rate, just hitting the ball harder. His, he has power. He's hitting for, for, for more power. Every aspect of his game. And Jorge Mateo is unbelievable because he he is an elite base runner. He's an elite defensive player. So even if he's not contributing offensively, like he's still worth putting out there because of what he does in the base pass and defensively. But if he is can also hit even close to what he's hitting now, right, he becomes a star um, in the way that kind of Cedric Mullins, again, um, popped on the screen. But his OBP now is almost is 395. If this dude is getting on base 40% of the time, nightmare for people. That he has 10 stolen bases. Jorge Mateo and Mullins in one month have a combined 21 stolen bases. That's just silly business. And part of the reason is because they get on base a bunch. I mean, Jorge Mateo leads the team in OPS. Who had that figured out before the season started? Now, and so it's... Yeah, so I was looking. So it says that he did get rid of the swing of his leg kick. So it's it's not as long, and it minimized wait, wait, wait. to minimize his upper body. Yeah, which is I, what are you talking about, Josh? I just told you. You don't gotta look it up. I just told you no, that. No, but you were done. saying that he did it. You were saying he did this toe tap like oh before the pitch. So yes, he does the toe tap before the pitch, and then takes a smaller step. That's what I said. All right, all right. Well, did you tell me that he works on keeping his head and shoulder over his front foot? Wait, are you reading the Baltimore Sun article? Uh, the Baltimore Banner, because I don't pay for the Baltimore Sun. All right. <laughs> I can't get past their paywalls. All right, fine. But um, fine, you read the article and just, just to just say what I just said, if that makes you feel better. I'm just I'm just looking into it. Mateo toe tap. I got it. All right. But Mateo if you tap. look, okay, just watch it. Just to, to tomorrow when you watch him, just, yep. just watch his swing. Um, if you were to look, if you were to tell me, all right, the beginning of the off, the beginning of the off season or the beginning of spring training, we're going nineteen and nine in April. I said I love it. I said I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked by nineteen and nine. I'm not. No. I, our, our, the schedule has been soft, right? And so I'm not surprised by it. However, if you were then, if you were to tell me we were nineteen and nine, I would have said. He said, I would have said first of all, um, Dean Kramer, Cobb Radish, these guys must be dealing. Right. I would say our bullpen, you give me Tate, Givens, Perez, Bautista. They must be lot, uh, lights out our bullpen. Our bullpen. I said offensively, my concern lying a lot on rookies. Yeah. So, I mean, Adley Rutschman must be great. Gunnar Henderson must have an elite April if we want to go 19-9. Ryan Mountcastle, um, Santander must have, I don't know, seven home runs in April. Our you know our big home run hitter, 
Um, but, you know, baseball is a funny sport. Santander has two home runs. He hasn't been great offensively or defensively for that matter. He hasn't been good. Gunnar Henderson only has five extra base hits. He's batting 189. Uh, our bullpen, Tate hasn't been there. Gibbons hasn't been there. Perez has struggled. Uh, uh, the starting pitching has been inconsistent. Despite all these things not, not going well, somehow we still managed to win 19 games. Part of it is kind of unexpected offensive outbursts, like I think most namely Jorge Mateo. The other guy that I think has been surprising is Austin Hayes, right? Offensively, these have been the two kind of biggest surprises. Uh, but it's been kind of unexpected how we've gotten to, to 19 and 9. Yeah, it's it's guys that, like we were saying, Mateo, it's guys in this bullpen like Cano and Perez that got that no one listed that uh Brian Baker. Yeah. It's it's a lot of guys. You're and right. Bauman and Coolum, yeah. Yeah, that uh, Coolum, exactly. And I think we talked a lot about the bullpen last last week, but even it's little things like the stolen bases of Mateo. It's the strikeouts being down. It's the more walks for the team being up. And it's not um it's not like you were saying the stars, which is I think that's it's something to strive for because I don't think Santander is going to be down all year. I think he's going to bounce back. I think Gunnar Henderson had a rough April. I believe that's not the Gunnar Henderson that we know. So you would think that cold stretch will warm up. So with the ebbs and flow of the season, you hope that we can just build on this 19-9. and And even with tougher teams coming in, that the right guys get hot at the right time. We continue to play this small ball on and off the field to win tonight and go series by series. Yeah. It's been really like, it feels like game to game, like one day, like rot, 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 Rhino Hearn is an RBI ma- machine. He has five hits and six RBI, which is kind of a crazy kind of stat. And that with, by the way, with no home runs. So somehow it seems like every time a runner's in score position, he gets the big single. Um, um, we were led in a game by Joey Ortiz, who had three RBIs. I think we scored four runs that game, right. and Ortiz had three of them. Um, and so it seems like every night there's a different, a, a, there's kind of a different hero. When we need the pitching, the pitching somehow comes through. When we need the hitting, sometimes somehow the hitting comes through. Um, one day it's Cedric Mullins, one day it's someone else. But it seems like it's not. This has not been a typical kind of star-driven team. It's been kind of a complement of players and i think that points to something we haven't had here ever before like this and that's depth we just have a lot of depth positional players and in the bullpen and pitching as well that now we're kind of drawing upon those that that depth and you look at the lineup from one to nine and even when certain hitters are struggling you still feel like from one to nine any of those players i mean we've had some big games by adam frazier Right, who I don't think we were expecting to hit. Um, I don't know how many home runs he had last year, but I don't think anyone's expecting him to have three home runs in the month of April. No. And they seem to always come kind of at big moments. Right. Uh, so, so that so that's been pretty cool. Who, all right, for the month of April, who's the MVL? Oh, and by the way, last year, um, Adam Frazier all season, and he played like almost every game. He was a regular player. Yeah, eight had three had three home runs. Oh, okay, all right, three. So he's already tied what he had last year. Right. Right. So, like you were saying, like who would be the MVO of this spring? 
of this first month. It's tough to point. I mean, it's it's yeah, you can point to Cano because he's pitched outstanding at the bullpen. But when you look at the the lineup, Mateo's an easy one because he's blown he's got away. The, Mateo, if you go based solely on numbers, it's Mateo. Ryan Mountcastle, we said, can he get back to this like powerful big guy? And his batting average is in the mid twos, but he's gotten he's the one knocking guys in all the time. Yeah, well, yeah, and Ryan Mountcastle is interesting because he's it, it seems like and he had a pretty good week with kind of some dinks and dunks fall, falling in, like maybe he's eating out. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen, and I don't know if this is like I start to wonder about stuff matters because he, he ball look at his barrel rate, hard hit rate, exit velocity, all of that is top in all the baseball. Right. But it seems like he always hits at a guy. And this was the argument against him last year. He hits the ball hard, but it's always at somebody. At some point, like, is this just who you are? Do you just always hit it at somebody? You just Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But but yeah, he he's been he's been pretty good. Right. Um you but, always have the feeling when he's up there damage. Had two doubles the other day, just crushing the ball. So right. yeah, he's been he's been not great, but he's been good. And we mentioned again, go back to preseason thoughts as we were building this team. We said Austin Hayes might might lose his spot. That there, that there's guys in the minors who are pushing to get on this. And if Austin Hayes doesn't prove himself, Austin Hayes isn't going to stick around. And Austin Hayes, he's got 29 hits on the team. He's got four home runs. I didn't have four home runs for Austin Hayes for the month of April on my cheat. Yep, he's uh, second on the team in OPS, second in slugging. Um, he's what, in third in OBP, average. second in batting average. Total hits, he's second on the team behind Richmond. So yeah, offensively, he's uh, Austin Hayes has been, you know, a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, only disappointing stat is I expected more steals from Austin Hayes. He's only got one so far. Yeah, I I think. But again, that's situational. Yeah, I think I think you know speed is interesting, right? I wonder if you line up Austin Hayes against Ryan Mountcastle, who's winning that foot race? Uh, well, they're both about – they got six and seven doubles, so they're pretty close in speed. Yeah. I think like some players get reputations, and I think like Austin Hayes is overrated as as a speedster, and I think Ryan Mountcastle is underrated as a yeah. speedster. I think Mountcastle is – I think what it is is range, and I think range is different than speed. I think outfield range, Austin Hayes can cover more ground than Ryan Mountcastle. But home – to first or first to second, I think Ryan Mountcastle will beat Austin Hayes. There's different. It's different. It's a different style of running. If you're going to track a ball versus running 90 feet as fast as you can. Yeah. May, may, maybe. I. I mean. I still think. Like, I even like watching Austin Hayes chase balls in the outfield. I just don't think he's. Don't think he's that good. Um, at least uh, d- defensively. I think somehow he's got because he has a big arm. And his arm strength is great. I think maybe his uh, skill as an outfitter speed are a little bit overrated, but that's fine. Offensively, he's been he's been great, and he's not terrible um, defensively. So, are you concerned about Anthony Santander or Gunnar Henderson, guys that are struggling? Do any of these guys concern you? Um, I mean, Santander is interesting. I, I heard someone talk about the other day, like, "Well, this is proof that we should have traded him." Um, and and maybe we should have traded him. I, I, I don't know. But on the other hand, um, I don't think Santander in April is who Santander is. Right? He has a pretty good track record. He's not a rookie here. He's been around for a little while. 
And so, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned about Santander. Um, I think when we get to the end of the year, the numbers, the home run numbers will be there. The bat average will, will, will be there. Now, is this a position that you could upgrade? Maybe like the trade deadline and you want to say you can upgrade over Santander? Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, I think when you get to the deadline, the Orioles are going to be looking to upgrade. And so Santander is a little bit on notice because the Orioles have shown like they're taking it game to game. They're trying to win now. Um, they are. And so Santander has to start performing soon or he's going to start missing out on playing time. He is. He's going to start missing out on playing time. If he does not play better. But I think Santander will turn around. I think we see pl- players go into these kind of slumps all the time. And I'm, I'm not at this point too concerned about Santander. How about you? No, I'm not concerned at all. I uh, I don't know if, how to use fan graphs that well. I was trying to look to see if I could see by month. But I think we always we always talk about how the pitchers come in a little ahead of the batters, especially in the colder months leading in uh, to the season. And I think I think once that ball starts warming up, we're going to see Santander clearing the fence a little bit more. And I'm not worried. Yeah. I, while we were talking, I looked up to sprint speed. And Austin Hayes ranked sixth on the team in sprint speed behind first is Mateo, then Henderson, then McKenna, then Mountcastle, then Mullins. Um, Mullins is tied with Mountcastle. Right. I don't know how that works. And then Austin Hayes is sixth. All right, that, make, that makes sense. I can see that. I think Mountcastle is a lot taller, so he's got some longer legs than Mullins, which will help out. Yeah. All right. Then there's this stat competitive runs on on Statcast, and I don't know what I don't know what, I don't know what competitive runs mean, but um, but Matt Castle by far leads the team in competitive runs, whatever that means. So, uh, I don't know. Um, when did how did the Orioles get Jorge Mateo? He was DFA'd from San Diego a couple years okay. ago, and we picked him up. All right, because I know he's played on Oakland. He's played in San Fran- San Diego. I think he was a former former first round pick too, right? And not- and and he's a guy. Jorge Mateo is a guy where, and I think the argument was when we picked him up, um, from the Padres, is that this is a cat who just needs to play every day, and let's just see what happens, right? He, this is Jorge Mateo is the argument for why, like why rebuilding teams should scour the waiver wire. And just let people play who kind of haven't lived up to their potential. And so Jorge Mateo was a guy who had speed always, was good defensively. Right. You know, highly touted. Let's just get this kid an opportunity to play every day. And if he struggles, if he hits 200, whatever, who cares? We're, we're in the rebuild mode. He has so much freaking talent. Let's just let him play every day. And for a lot of players on the Orioles, it didn't work out. But for some players like Jorge Mateo, um, it's worked out immensely. And and the Orioles are going to have an interesting decision actually with Jorge Mateo, because, I mean, Mike Elias, Josh is going to get some phone calls for Jorge yeah. Mateo, and Mike Elias in his mind could say, "Oh, I got Ortiz, I got Westberg, Jackson Holiday's just a, a year right. or two away." Um, Jorge Mateo is he's he's hit his arbitration years, his price tag is going up. Some teams are going to blow Mike Elias away with offers for Jorge Mateo because. It is hard to find elite shortstops. I mean, with that, with if he continues these offensive numbers, Josh, <laughs> if you're Michael Elias, do you entertain phone calls? Even that kind of might blow you away because teams need shortstops 
And this year, so far, Jorge Mateo has been one of the best, if not the best in baseball. Yeah, well, it goes back to uh, whatever it takes to win this series tonight, this game. And at that case, you're not trading Mateo because you're looking at trying to win today. Now, if we really struggle through May, if things get depressing, if we come out 9-19 and 19 instead of 19-9, and nine, you're still in it. I mean, that's the beauty is you go in, you come out 19-9 and nine, or 9-19, nine and 19, you're still coming out 500 thanks to this 10-game uh, lead you got here. Yeah, but, but, if, but, but Josh... Even I know your your last scenario, we off, we start trading play. But I'm just talking about even if, let's say we continue, let's say we're yeah. 500 for May, you know we're playing good baseball still. And by the way, 500 in May would be really good. Um, but right, if 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 you're still playing well, come the trade deadline, and someone like has a young, talent starting pitcher, they're willing to part with that we can plug in who maybe is our number three starter and could potentially be a top rotation arm because he's young and we're trying to win now and we're trading from a position of strength shortstop for a position of weakness starting pitching. Would you you consider that deal? You have to consider it at that point. If it's a young arm that you think could be in your rotation for a couple of years, you have to consider it. Especially if he's ready now. If he can go, if he's major league ready, like he goes straight into your rotation. And he's oh yeah, I don't think we're trading material for prospects. Years. I don't think we're in a position. To no, we're done with prospects. We've got our prospects. Yeah, yeah. I but, think you have to look at trading again. You have to look at trading anyone, even though I would say, right now, Mateo is part of your future. So it's balancing. Do you trade? Maybe you don't trade more. Mateo, maybe you trade some of your prospects. Maybe you trade some of these young guys that was supposed to take the spot of Mateo. It's, it gets tricky. All right, Josh. Well, well, I'm going to get tricky with you. Let's, let's go there real quick. And this is a dumb conversation to be happening, happening in April or in May. But the reality is there's going to be some tough decisions that yes. lay ahead because we got a lot of depth and the depth is ready to come. Uh, I'll throw a couple scenarios. Uh, there's a, a stud pitcher available. Would you, young pitcher for five years, would you rather could trade Mateo or Jackson Holiday? Mateo. Would you rather Mateo. trade? Have you seen Jackson Holiday might be ready for this team next year? I know. I was just testing you, Josh. The answer right, is. Yeah, I, I've been Mateo. paying attention. I've been paying attention. Mateo, I'm going to get harder uh, now. I know Holiday's only in Aberdeen. He might be in the Orioles with the Orioles by next year. He's yeah, definitely he getting the spring invite again. Yeah. From what I, people are saying, he could be in the Orioles now. Yeah. But, okay. How about this? Ortiz and Westberg or Mateo? <laughs> would you trade or a package Ortiz and Westberg for a pitcher or would you trade Mateo for a pitcher? All right. So it's what I've got or what I think I've got. Yeah. It's and what, and by the way, uh, Mateo, if you care what? about money, Mateo hits arbitration next year. So he's going to get a big pay raise next year. I I don't care about money because I had sixty-four million dollars in profit last year. Okay, I, I got, um, I got, I got. Well, I could talk about Masson, but I won't go there. <laughs> um, I let's think this through. What month? Uh, what? When are you presenting this to me? What month is it? This is trade deadline, end of July. Trade end of July. Is Mateo still the top shortstop in the American League? Well, let's say he's come back to earth a little bit. So maybe he's not hitting 347, but he's hitting 290, right? An right. OBP somewhere of like 340. 
is the rest of the team hitting in the tie two hundreds so they can carry this team without Mateo? Yeah, Santander is playing a little bit better. Gunnar Henderson has turned around. Uh, Gunnar Henderson gets better defensively. All of a sudden, you think, well, maybe he can play shortstop, right? right. If you move from from Mateo, then then bring me that stud pitcher. I preseason, I was saying, hey, let's trade Mateo. I knew Mateo was a trade asset that could actually bring real stuff to us. And there was I the opportunity lo- too. I, like there was the injury. Was it Gavin Lux to to the Dodgers? the Dodgers? I think there was the another shortstop injury. Yeah. So there and there was an opportunity there if you wanted to, to trade him. Right. We had the chance. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we had the chance that they really wanted to spend for Mateo, but we knew Mateo was a real, would bring in real major league talent. Right, but no one uh, thought Mateo was going to hit like this. <laughs> right, exactly. So you weren't and, trading for this Mateo. You were trading for no, last year's Mateo, which is still no, a good but player. but this Mateo can get you even more. So, yeah. Um, yes, I will trade Mateo. Just like I said, I will trade anyone on this team except for Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rushman. Josh, do I remind you that much? I can go back and read text messages. How much fun Jorge Mateo is to watch. Oh, he's, he's Remember so that fun. play just a couple days ago where uh, there was like no one covering third? He got the ball shortstop and the guy started running to third and he chased him down and tagged him? No. Mateo, How cool was that? Mateo is easily my favorite player to watch. No today. one scores from first to home like Jorge Mateo. No, no one in baseball. No, and no one home. has... No one has as much joy on his face when he slides in the home like Jorge yes. Mateo. Yeah, I love watching Mateo play ball. Yeah, it's it's the speed, but also kind of the, the style with it too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that he loves the game, and it's very clear. Uh, so no, I get that, but I also know that uh, stud pitcher, rotation pitcher is is a weakness in our farm system, um, and I know if Gunnar Henderson wakes up. He can play shortstop. I know we've got prospects like Westberg, like Holiday, that can come up and be in this infield. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 unfortunately gonna trade Mateo for the right package, for the right person. I don't want a package. I want one player. Yeah, and you don't want give me your... draft picks. Don't give me cash. I want this stud pitcher. You want Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, one of these top. Pitching arms are going to be available. Oh, yeah. at the trade deadline. Yeah, I want the I want the I want the trade deadline. I want to be the top story coming out of the trade deadline. That look at this stud the Orioles got. Yeah. let's look at the Orioles' schedule. This pitcher is going to get them another five wins, and I, they're making the playoffs thanks to this move. Yeah, we're not trading here for Travis Snyder or Gerardo no. Perra here. This is not that kind of deal. Yeah, <laughs> Gerardo, I forgot about Perra. Um, Snyder was lunchbox, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lunchbox. No lunchbox. Lunchbox from the Pirates and Para from the Rockies. Yeah, those moves. No, no, we don't want none of those moves. Where we have to sit here and like be excited because the Orioles actually made a move, where it's really not going to do much for us. Well, and the other reality of it is, Josh is we talk about the depth. That means like we have good players up the bottom. Yeah, Para or Snyder. What is not better than what we currently have. So, like, if we're going to bring no. someone in, they have to be really good because we already have good players, right? Well, and and you got to remember, by the end of July, you imagine Gibson will continue to do what he's doing. Sure. Uh, Wells I feel good about continue Gibson. to do what do what he's doing. Grace Rodriguez has seems to have settled down. I feel good about those three guys. All right, but remember, by trade deadline, John Means is up here too. Coming off of a injury and haven't hasn't pitched in a long while. Are, yeah, are whatever, whatever. It's Tom, it's Tommy John. Pitchers bounce back from Tommy John all the time. Sometimes with more power. 
I trust John Means coming back. So mm-hmm. you're going to give me another stud? You're going to give me a guy in this that suddenly John Means is our number five pitcher simply because of of concerns coming and bouncing back and, and limiting his innings? I know we're also limiting innings with Grayson, and I get that. But still, you're telling me you're going to bring another stud pitcher in here when we already have four guys that I trust? Yeah. yeah, It, it works I, for me. I mean, there, there are two guys on this roster right now or rotation that I don't trust, and I do think – like if you were to tell me a scenario where you know the Orioles don't make the playoffs, which I think is far fetched because I think we're going to make the playoffs, um, I'm going to be disappointed if we don't. But it's the starting pitching uh, specifically. I'll, I'll name names. Um, Dean Kramer was our best pitcher last year. Yeah, he's not been good so far this year. I'm concerned about Dean Kramer. And then the guy's Kyle Bradish, and and people can go on Twitter and talk about Kyle Bradish's stuff all they want, but if the dude can't throw strikes, if he gets behind two and zero every time, it doesn't matter how good the stuff is. So. Um, Cobb Bradish has been good some days and just not have it some other days. So I'm concerned about the consistency of Dean Kramer and 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 Cobb Bradish. Um and Cole Irvin's he he had a good start the other day when we won 20 to 1 right. um the at the Norfolk game. So you know, maybe Cole Irvin is getting back to normal self too. So that might mix things up as well. Yeah. Did Dia Hall already head back to, to Norfolk? Oh, I don't know for sure. I assumed he was just up as the extra guy. I don't know. He was the extra though. guy, but I never heard they sent him back. And I was wondering yeah. if they had a, if maybe Kramer or Bradish could go back instead of DL Hall, and we let DL Hall get a chance in this rotation. Yeah, and I I don't see that happening, but um, I haven't heard. I mean, I know he was the 27th man, so I assume right. that just I know that, so I don't know. Yeah. I guess 27th man automatically goes back. Is that how it works? Yeah, I would assume. He's just there for the doubleheader. Or he would, wouldn't it be the 27th man. I mean, I know D.L. Hall wasn't perfect, but his strikeouts on Saturday were looking good. Yeah, and listen, there's no question. I mean, just look at the stuff with Grayson Rodriguez. Just look at his strikeout numbers. Um, if Grayson didn't walk a bunch of guys... <laughs> <laughs> the dude just strikes everybody else out. I mean, the strikeout numbers are there with DL Hall. The strikeout numbers are there with 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 Grace Rodriguez, which means their stuff is good enough. What DL Hall and Grayson both have to work on is stop going two and zero to guys. Specifically, uh, Grace Rodriguez, the first batter of the game, dude, the first batter of each inning, dude, stop going two and zero and three and three and three and zero with these guys. And I know they're not trying to do it, right? I know they're trying to throw strikes, um, but but the elite stuff is there that even with falling behind, they still have ridiculous strikeout numbers. Well, yeah, they can just get ahead of guys. I mean, the potential for Hall and Rodriguez, I mean, we dream on, and there's a reason people dream on Hall and Rodriguez as a number one and two starters two years from now, or even a year from now. Like we can dream on that because the strikeout numbers and the stuff is, is silly. Yeah. Yeah. Dad's trying to point out in the chat that they're not limited innings, that they're limited in pitch count. I think we understand that we were just, well, yeah, and I think his his we argument is his argument is, and this is it, because Grace Rodriguez is 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 two and zero to right. every battery he ever faces. Correct is that He's Grace Rodriguez is already at at ninety pitches in the fourth inning because no, he throws so many pitches. No, we saw the same thing with DL Hall. DL Hall pitched three innings. He struck out seven guys, but he threw seventy five pitches. Right, it's way right. too many pitches. Right, and 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 maybe this is part of the, I mean. We talked to this is part of about being a veteran and learning how to pitch. I mean, we talked about this with Tyler Wells, right? Like t- Tyler Wells, yeah. His argument was he like, I want to get deep in the games. So he's working on the offseason, kind of arm strength, but also like the mental get side of front. it. How do I get deep in the games? 
Uh, and Grayson Rodriguez and Deal Hall seem to be more concerned with striking people out than they are about getting deep into games, uh, which leads us to this other thing that's going to be a thing this year because we don't have the quality starts is our bullpen being overtaxed and our, our and thankfully Cano has, has come on the scene out of nowhere to kind of spell Batista. So Batista doesn't pitch in every game, but we're going to start having a conversation about our bullpen pitching too much and relying on them too, 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 too much as well. So that's another kind of tangential conversation when our pitchers can't get deep into games, um, our taxes are our, our bullpen and we'll see kind of how that plays out in May when we start playing some really good teams. Another comment from dad in the chat. Bradish will be the number one in the next two years. Book it. Yeah. And, and listen, a lot of uh, people, no, Bradish are, isn't going to be on the Orioles in two years. Well, we'll see. I so mean, a lot saying, of people are super else. high on Bradish because he could throw 96 miles per hour. His ball moves. He's got a great curveball. Like the dude's stuff is really good. So yeah, a lot of people are high working. on Bradish. It's not working this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. He's been good and he's been bad. There's been like Jekyll and Hyde with Bradish. Right. Uh, and 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 if he figures out, you know, what's the good one? Jekyll or Hyde? I don't know. I guess Jekyll's the good one. If he figures Dr. out Jekyll's how to. How the to good one. What's Mr. that? Hyde's, Dr. Jekyll's the good one. Yeah. Mr. Hyde comes out at night. Oh, look at you, Josh, with your literary knowledge. I know. I know a little bit. A little bit. All right. I'm um, really good at the presidents, too. With the the president, yeah, like third grade social studies, I got that down. Oh, you nailed that. Nailed uh, it. You you really into that show? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Is that so? <laughs> show still no, exists? I said third grade. Third grade. Okay. Fine. I don't know. You mean with Jeff Foxworthy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen him that or Jeff Foxworthy in a while. Yeah, but if Kyle Bradish can somehow capture his hide every night, um, and then I just you know the connection with manager hide too there. Uh, that's not, I'm a, I was doing a literary reference, not, not a oh, manager reference you. there. I've been trying for weeks to come up with a Brandon Hyde stay hydrated shirt, and I can't mm. come up with it. Mm. Can't figure it out. Does Brandon so Hyde not have his own T-shirt? Uh, he had a manager chaos T-shirt from last year. Okay. But it seems like you're, with your name being Hyde, it seems way too obvious to have a hydrated shirt, and I just haven't came up with what I want yet. So whatever in my, my, in my mind, I haven't put it together yet. But I've tried. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, you, you, you'll figure it out. I, so, hey, I don't have too many failures as far as the shirts, but I wait until I'm happy with them. Yeah. Um, if you look at the stands, by the way, I just had the stands pull, pulled up, and it's a glorious yeah. thing to have. <laughs> it is. Uh, um, I mean, Tampa Bay is in first, which is disappointing. Um, uh, but I, look at the Tampa Look at Tampa Bay schedule. Tampa Bay had just of a soft April as we did. Yeah, but because Tampa Bay, they they need to play us more, right? If they played us more, they they wouldn't have so many wins. Uh, well, and, yeah, if and they, we must play them a bunch coming up, right? Because uh, that, that should know. be interesting. It gets interesting. If like the playoffs started today, four of the teams in the playoffs would be from the AL East. Well, who, who gets crazy. the tiebreaker? Are the are the Yankees in or no? Because the Yankees right now, I'm looking at the standings. It has the Yankees as last place. Yeah, which makes the me Yankees, so happy. Tied with the, yeah, the Red because, Sox, fifteen to fourteen. Right, because they've played one more game than the Red Sox, and they lost it. Oh, my students have them both with the same record. Oh, no, it's, uh, uh, Red Sox are 15 and 14, yeah, and, the, and Yankees the Yankees are, are 15 and 15. Oh, uh, they must have just played tonight or something, huh? Oh, you know what they did? They played Guardians, and it was they had a crazy game tonight because it, the game started at 7. And oh, they yeah, were just in the refreshed ninth, it, and now it is 15, 15. So it must have just ended. Yeah, they were in the ninth inning after like an hour and 45 minutes. It was on pace to be like the fastest game ever, and then they tied it up in the ninth. So I don't know how it ended. But it was a ridiculously fast game. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and they lost three to – oh, yeah, the, uh, the Guardians scored three runs in the ninth to win three to two. So Yeah, like um, – you, you love to see that. Yeah, hey, it was can, like – it was weird because it was the perfect example of – of pitch clock and how that's gonna how that's good for baseball. The game lasted two hours and six minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was like all the games we go that's to amazing. Are, are three hours. I went to a Gwinnett Stripers game last night. The minors are supposed to be super fast. It was a three hour game. The Gwinnett Stripers. Oh, it was that's over disappointing. Three hours. You know what they also do in the minors now, Josh? Are you aware of this? As this this maybe this probably was going on last year. I just wasn't paying attention. Where you can challenge. I don't know how many. You can challenge a couple of balls and strikes. You aware of this? Wait, no. I thought wait, I thought we had the I thought we had the computer umps in the minors. No, I think they just do that maybe at uh maybe maybe independent or league or something. That's not Yeah. That's not being done in the minors, but what but they do on, is they challenge balls and strikes. So I it like was the, it was the ninth inning. The guy with threw through a ball, he challenged it immediately, Josh. There was no break. The next second, it said the announcer said the pitch was thrown. A second later, the announcer said the um, they're they're challenging the call. The next second, the whole crowd is watching the jumbotron as they show you know the box and the ball coming into the box, right. and it's called ball or strike. It was like cool. We we're all watching the jumbotron. The next, it all happened in five seconds, and it was like exciting. Like I'm a huge no, fan, fan of it. And you can only do no. it like certain. And they can only do it like twice or something, but. Um, it was but really cool. It's trust, coming to the majors. It'll be here next year in the majors. Then why just then why not just do computer strike zone? No, why no, say, no, no. oh, the ump can do it all the time, but you can check with the computer every now and then. Yeah, it's just like critical moments of the game you can challenge. I like it. It keeps the human element, but also like if there's a big call that's blown, you can challenge it and it takes care of that. And it's exciting. The challenge is exciting because you it comes in the Jumbotron and you see the pitch coming in. It's like watching, you know, on the MLB at bat app where you see the ball coming in. Um, and it's, it's, I, I think it's, it was, it was exciting. I liked it. I don't know. I just Googled to see like any new minor league rules and his website's not showing anything. Yeah, maybe uh, it's from strange. last year. And but when I went did, to the they did this year, yeah. add enhanced grip baseballs, which is okay. interesting, which they put a chemical on the ball as an alternative to the Delaware river mud. So I want, oh. it kind of sounds like kind of like in Japan, how it's, they've got like the, the sticky balls, pre-stuck balls. Yeah. So they're experimenting with that. All right. Well, I I uh, I also just happened to sit. I went to the Stripers game, and I was a mistake by me because you know Gwinnett plays their stadiums right by Atlanta, and it was a night game on Saturday night, and apparently there was also a a Taylor Swift concert in Atlanta on Saturday oh, night as well. Big, so big I problem, ran into some traffic issues. Yeah, but. Um, and Emily warned me too. There was a cool bobblehead giveaway, and I missed the bobblehead because of all the traffic. But wow. I got there half hour early. All the bobbleheads were gone. Um, but those bobblehead people are crazy. The, the people in front of me, it was a dude wearing an Aberdeen Ironbirds jer- jersey, and his girl was wearing a. I assume it is, is the his, his lady sitting next to him was wearing a Nelson Cruz jer- jersey. So I thought, oh, that's, that's cool. cool. And yeah, so, so I with some of those fans. Yeah, so oh, yeah, because it's not because that's right. It's not your. It's not like you're seeing a tide game. No, it's it's right. the Stripers versus the Buffalo Bison, the the Blue Jays affiliate. Okay. Um, All right. Well, yeah, that's cool. And so I said, "Hey, like nice cruise jersey," and she's like, "I don't know who Cruz is, but my boyfriend just bought me this jersey." And I was like, "Oh," and so so I said, "How did the boyfriend?" And he grew up in Aberdeen, 
going to Aberdeen Ironbirds game. Just grew up there, right there in Aberdeen. So nice. it's fun to I'm, talk with him. And I'm glad I gave you some 336 cards. Yeah, absolutely. As I was there, just in my Stripers jersey, I was like, shoot, I wore O's hat or something. I was wearing his jersey. Um, oh, you I don't know. I'm going to see the Jumbo Shrimp next week. I've, uh, I've, the, they play a few games here, and they have one that's on a Wednesday at noon. So I have turned it into a company outing to take my sales team to the Norfolk Tide jum- nice. ju- uh, Jumbo Shrimp game. Nice. So I'll get that in. Next, I'll get the Braves Orioles this weekend, and I'll get the Jumbo Shrimp Tide next week. Nice. So oh, they're I'm playing just, the Tides. Yeah, that's the only time oh, I cool. go. Well, I go once in a while to other teams, but. Yeah, they're playing the Tides, so I always get, try to get at least one game in. One yeah, they, they the don't tide. play the Tides at Gwinnett till, uh like the end of July. So I said, let me hit up this bobblehead and then even get the bobblehead. Right. Whatever. And and by the way, to go to Gwinnett, I don't know how Jacksonville. I, I'm, I'm not going to complain about the price, but Braves games, OS fan, I know we complain about no, no go, going to the game, but the good news about no one going to the game in Camden Yards is you can get a ticket for $10. You can walk and get a ticket for $10. Right. You can't do that with the Braves. Even dropping at the Gwinnett Stripers, it was fifty bucks for for two seats, then ten dollars for parking, and then I almost was ready to fight somebody. There was like two dollars to play any of the kids' stuff, like per thing. You had to spend two bucks at each thing. It's like, come on, let, at least my I paid sixty dollars just to get in the door. Let my kid play a freaking uh, uh, one of those bounce houses. Let him go in the bounce house without paying money. Okay. Give me a break. Yeah, I think I was looking at like the most expensive tickets for this company out in for next week, and I think it was like thirty five bucks. Um, yeah. So it wasn't too bad, and and it's buy one get one free. For, oh, yeah, it's uh, not bad. So yeah. Yeah. I just don't like people. My, the minor leagues pay, pay you to park. They they don't do that in any of the Oriole my, my minor league stadiums. You had to pay not to park. A, Yes, yeah, $10. And they don't charge at Delmarva okay. or Bowie. You know I don't what? know about Norfolk, they but do at Bowie in, and Delmarva and Aberdeen, Jacksonville they do as well. They do? Yeah, in Jacksonville, you do have to. I'm already paying for the ticket. But but I found a loophole around that. Okay. So here's what you do. And yes. this would work at Gwinnett as well. Okay. There's no... There's no what? Street parking. That's right. what you suggest. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. This is, this is even better. Okay. I'm listening. I would like to say ten dollars right. next time. We host a uh, Orioles podcast. It's a pretty popular Orioles podcast in ba- in Baltimore. Yes. So here's what you do. So you email, and I I can do this on behalf of you. You email the Gwinnett Stripers, and you say, "Hey, I'm Josh from Section Three Thirty Six. We've got this podcast. We've been going for ten years strong, covering the Orioles. Um, we love talking about minor league baseball on our show." The tides are coming into town. I'd love to get a press pass uh, for this. And they send you an email back, and he'd say, hey, we'd love to have you. Here's uh, your, We'll leave it at will call for you. Just uh, show them your press pass at for parking, and we'll cover your parking. And here's the code to the elevator to come up to the media room. Oh. I'll take all care of you. So, all right. so that's, that's how Can I Can I bring my six-year-old a, up to the media room like that? Is that appropriate? Well, I don't know, and I don't really know if I plan to go up to the media room, but I plan to get free parking, and I plan to wave my little badge to get in, and then we'll yeah. see where it goes from there. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll send an email on your behalf and help you out. All right. 
Maybe you can time it up to see a Cole Irvin starting, uh, starting, uh, say hi to my boy, Cole, your, 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 your boy, Cole Irvin. Yeah. I'm going to try to, uh, connect with Cole Irvin. I, I did not message him this week. I was going to message him and say, Hey, you're coming to town next week. Uh, let's meet up. But yeah. then I realized that he's a major league, uh, pitcher and to assume that he will still be at triple a in a, over a week from now is probably a rude comment. Yeah. Yeah. But I bet I if you wait. go to the game, I guess, especially if he's not pitching no, you can I, go up I, and, no. and, and find him and say hi. No, I am going to do that. Cole, yeah. Cole Irvin and Nick Vespi. I'm uh, going to go see at the stadium because I've had, I've had communications with them through Birdland sports. Okay, cool. Good. Are you now, do you, are you going to wear an Irvin shirt or a Vespi shirt? I want to wear a Vespi shirt because I don't have a Cole Irvin shirt. Okay, and the Vespa, the Vespi Vespa is pretty cool shirt. I got the Vespi, I got the Vespi in the Vespa font as a replacement because my I had a Vespa shirt I loved, and I no longer fit into it, so I got a Vespi mm. shirt to replace it. All right, very, very, very good, very good, very good. All right, Josh. Well, let's you guys get out of here. No, we're going to Atlanta this week, and we get to see the Orioles right when things get tough. So it's great timing for this trip. Yep. Um, if Next if week we'll people, have a stadium breakdown as well as the game and the stadium yeah. and our experience. We're getting a hotel if anyone in else is going and going to a couple find games. Us. What's that? If anyone else is going, find us. If the Orioles hit a home run, you will see us with our homer hoses. That's right. You may have to look way up because uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> tickets are expensive. I don't, so good luck I don't understand why these tickets are so expensive. Yeah. I, maybe I'm just used to the Orioles. Because the Braves win World Series and they're really good. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, and market size. We want to have a conversation about market size. Um, maybe if DC didn't steal all our fans, we would be able to fill the stadium too. But I guess so. All right. All right. Well, let's get I, out of here. Make sure you guys check out Berlin Sports. Hey, hold get yourself on. a no shirt. What? Let's Real get quick. out of here. What? Yeah. Real all quick. Right. All right. Yeah. Little, I had my final little league game today. Okay, so we had. We I had my final little playoffs. one today too. I thought it was a little bit early. I don't know why the season ends in May. I I thought the same thing. Game ended, and I was like, well, I can't believe the season's already over." Our kids have like, a month of school left. What are they doing? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know why they do it so early here. Uh, but we had our final. You no know all stars. No, there's no all stars. All stars? Yeah. No, no. Um, because the All-Stars already go and play year-round travel ball down here. Okay. So we have no All-Star game. Um, if you're an All-Star, quote-unquote, you get a recommendation to try out for draft, for draft uh, not DraftKings, Diamond Kings, which is the travel team. Okay. So that's how you can nominate. Instead of All-Star domination, you get tryout nominations. Yeah, but I remember I loved All-Stars with Little League, but I think when I played Little League All-Stars, it's, it's, it was a bit of a different game now. It was different. It's different, yeah. yeah. Um, but we had our final game today. We made it in the playoffs because all the teams made it. <laughs> we don't say made in the playoffs. Like every uh, team didn't get kept in the playoffs. We uh we lost in the playoffs. So oh, my, shoot, my Josh, first I'm year sorry. of coaching, no wins. But we had a lot of fun. Just like I said at the beginning of the season, I'm not trying for wins. I'm trying to have fun. We had we had fun. We almost won a couple games, and I saw each – uh, player improve and I had players that had never played baseball before and now they understand positions and kind of what they're doing so and the good news is next success. year you get the number one draft pick since you had the worst record so that's good too you know, 
Yeah. I, maybe I need to go out this weekend. Forget the Braves game. I got to go out to the rest of the uh, playoff games and kind of do some scouting. Take yeah. my notebook, binoculars, and stopwatch yeah. and pick on some kids. Yeah. Do your whole little Billy, Billy Bean thing. Yep. No, I told all the kids uh, I'd love to have them back next year. And I think uh, I think if we had some more games, we would we could have won one. Right. We were just starting to get into our stride at the end of the season. I loved coaching, and I recommend you give it a try sometime too. Let me ask you a question, Josh. Yeah. At the end of the season, did you give every player a trophy? I did. <laughs> I did. Not my choice. Uh, technically not a trophy. Zero wins. Everybody gets not, a trophy. Not a trophy. Every kid Sad. gets a medal. Every kid gets a medal that get says – there's a medal for your zero baseball, wins. And on the back it says 9U Orioles uh, Spring 2023. So it, they get a medal. They do get a medal. And I, I am anti-trophy for everyone. But the kids did get a medal. But I also brought a case of prime uh, whatever, prime drink, you know, the okay, Gatorade-like yeah, yeah. thing. I brought yeah. a case of that, and they were way was, more excited yeah, you were for the prime that I was handing out. Yeah. No, Sass got a trophy too, even though his team's never kept score. Uh, right, right. He can get a trophy too. And then Faye was crying on the car ride home because she she's never going to get a trophy because she's never going to win at anything. And I said, <laughs> I said, Faye, that's right. If you don't win, you don't get the trophy. And and you know, Emily was like, that's not true, Faye. You get a trophy just for being part of a team. I said, get out of here, man. <laughs> right. So anyway, I'm going to coach again in the fall. I'm hoping to get the same kids back, at least some of them, maybe even work with some of them over the summer. And I plan to get my first win next year. All right. Well, we'll be we'll the podcast will be around next year. The we'll, podcast doesn't go anywhere. And, and you'll keep us up to date on that win total. I happen to where um, Josh's journey to 1000 wins starts next year. I happen to when walking out the door, I've got a whole pile of Oriole hats and I happen to carry to put on my oldest Oriole hat that I've had for over like 25 years and i said to the team at the end i said this hat's all old and ragged as you can tell it's been alive way longer than you and it has seen mostly losses in its life so it's no big deal to lose it's seen all losses but i've had a whole lot of fun yeah there was a thing on twitter saying uh quote tweet with the team that won the world series the year you were born um of course for me that was the baltimore orioles (laughs) and haven't won since haven't won since so that's how that's going. Yep. All right. But we got the Mateo toe tap and maybe the whole team can start doing the toe tap. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Uh, I would recommend it specifically to Gunnar Henderson and Santander and maybe start a little toe tap action. I'm going to check this video and show it to my nine-year-olds. Yeah, you should. It, it, it's on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. Are you see the video on MLB Network where it compares the two No, swings? I will look it up. Yeah, oh, I, do, up. I should say for Little League that Saturday uh, – Owen hit a bomb to the outfield and got three RBIs. Nice. So it was a huge hit for him. Nice. So big success there. All right. That's good. That's good. Little victories. Trust yep. the process. All that stuff. Right. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, you can follow, you know, Josh's T-shirts, the Cool Cano shirt. You should get yourself a Cool Cano stare down shirt for Land Sports. Cool, cool Cano. Is that what the shirts say? Cool Cano. Cool Cano. I'm so, about to... Uh, well, I don't know what the new shirt is going to be this week. It may be a Extend Adley shirt. Because I think now that the Lamar Jackson extension is out of the way, the next big extension in Baltimore needs to be Adley Rushman. I don't disagree with that. 
Uh, you can follow Josh's latest shirts at Brendan Sports. You can also follow him on Twitter at Josh Soroka. And you can follow me at Section336. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O. See you this weekend.